0: betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc
1: bandwagon nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience <laughs> Thank you thank you and thank you hello again fellow basement dwellers it's your good friend patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you into another edition of bandwagon nerds here on the chair shot radio network a part of the chair i am as always joined by the rest of the bandwagon that's right i have all three of them here with me we've got the reverend ray cash We've got the lawyer David Ungar in the live studio audience himself, PC Tony Gentlemen, welcome back to the bandwagon. I am in a much better place this week. I, I've made some peace, although I do have to admit that I'm still so despondent about my beloved Illini losing that I couldn't listen to the three man weave Sweet 16 edition of Chair Shot Radio. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I just, it hurts so. It just hurts, but I persevere. I persevere. I move on, and yeah, we've got quite the docket now that the '90s project is over. Um, you would think that maybe we didn't have, you know, as big of a show, but looking at looking at what we got, we got a ton to talk about. We've got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a trailer that dropped today, some casting news, and even gentlemen. We're going to return to the Snyderverse, gentlemen.
2: Ray, we, we the got look on Ray's breaking, face is epic.
1: Some breaking news that happened overnight, Saturday night into Sunday morning, that we are going to talk about today. That none of you know about.
3: Mm. Dun, dun, dun. I know.
1: How exciting is that? How's how exciting is that?
2: I'm
3: before like, we take get to it on the that, fly,
1: guys. No, no. I think you guys will have plenty of feedback. It'll be perfectly, it'll be perfectly. We got all kinds of stuff. Uh, and, but before we get to any of all that other stuff, let's get to the Marvel stuff. Let's get it kicked off in style. Can I, can Talk I, Captain. can I oh, share a
2: story puppy. with you guys? Cause you guys are nerds. Absolutely. You will appreciate this. So, you know, I got these puppies back in December and anybody who's had puppies know they eat everything. Puppies? So, puppies. So, in puppies! That? Not those kind of puppies. So downstairs in the game room that I have, which is really like a nerd, a tribute to nerd culture, I've got a bunch of Star Wars little mini figurines, right? So one of the puppies grabbed Greedo, and I didn't realize that he'd gotten the Greedo figure until like early this morning. So the puppies have actually solved the decades-old debate as to who shot first, Greedo or Han, Han, because they ate Greedo's arm that was holding the gun, therefore Han had (laughs) to shoot
1: first. <laughs> Problem, solved. Well. Problem solved. Problem solved. That's that it's good to it's good to have some closure on that issue. Yes, exactly. So I'm I'm very pleased. All right, Ray, Ray, you got anything? Rev? Rev, you got anything oh uh,
3: music? I mean, you want, you I'm just no I, I told you guys literally Friday, I couldn't wait till Monday. Or Sunday. Well, recording day. So yeah, we
1: record on Sunday. There's no mystery here. We we tell everybody like it's yeah. This show drops on Monday, but we recorded on Sunday, and that's totally okay. K
3: my bad. Dead, you brother. know we're well, we're, we're KFAB Network, so you know.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm not a kid. Whatever. K-Fabe Whatever. is dead. That's and I and I'm okay with it. So, all right. I got the throat slash from Tunny that that tells me that he has nothing to say this morning to to or this afternoon. So we're gonna jump right to let's play a little Marvel music and then talk some Captain. Damn it. I do it every time. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. (laughs) I suck at that every single time.
3: Dun, 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 dun. And for the record, it's Black Falcon, apparently. The little kid in Baltimore,
1: oh, the black, black Falcon. Yeah, that was hilarious. Okay, so I got a text from Greg Demarco because he's actually watching the you know the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And outside of the pro uh, outside of the fact that it bothers him that the the article the is in front of Falcon, he just wants to call Sam Falcon as opposed to the Falcon, which I just give give respect to the proper noun. He he started commenting about the you know our good friend john walker not the alcohol but the new quote unquote new captain america we learn you know most of this episode is learning a lot about john walker and my response when he was like the new captain america is a phony or something like that was oh he's kind of a dick and that's that's basically what john walker is in the comics too He's kind of a dick and I will open with that, Salvo. We got a bigger window into John Walker. We're going to start with that as the lead in here. So panel reactions, and we'll start with Tunny, who has been silent so far. Your reaction to Mr. John Walker and his character development here on this week's episode.
4: Yeah, I mean, you get to see in the beginning where he's coming from, what he's done, who you know, the people that supported him so far. And he seems like he's just been that guy that's been successful at everything he's done. Now, the problem with that is, obviously, you don't know until you know, and this there's some things they just won't know until they know, and you can obviously see the Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier both, they know, and they know what they don't know. And so, unfortunately, that's kind of where we're going through right now. I think it's interesting. It's going to be a very interesting trek through this and see how much character development we actually get, or is he just going to continue to be a dickhole the entire time?
1: Nice. Mr. Cash, care to uh, continue?
3: Yes, I I think the episode really kind of delved into the beauty of the John Walker character and the Captain America character in general, because as uh, Dr. Erskine said, what made Steve Captain America wasn't the super soldier serum. It was who he was as a person. Everything about John Walker is worthy of Captain America, except for who he is as a person. Physically, he's there. Mentally, he's there. Tactically, he's there. But he's not the human built, who's built for Captain America. Uh, so I think the show kind of showed that. Uh, this episode kind of showed that, delving into who he was, and how quickly he not only kind of took to the celebrity side of Captain America, but started flexing his muscle a little bit on kind of doing things and flipped on Bucky and and uh, flipped on Bucky and Sam real quick. And, Have you ever uh, jumped on a
4: grenade before? Well, yeah, actually, I have. It's a whole thing I do with my helmet, anyway. <laughs> <All> right.
3: <laughs> and um, I, I think it's cool. One thing I don't think we mentioned was seeing where Homeboy come from. Homeboy seemed like he grew up around a whole bunch of hood kids, because that is a all black high school. Yep. This is an, in 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 a show that's really delving deeply into race and culture, and uh, how that affects the the world post blip and superheroes in general. I thought that was a really cool little tidbit that they're in there. So we'll talk about that more as we go on further.
1: I'm sure Dave, your John Walker
2: reactions are largely very similar to Ray's. I think that he's hit on the big thing with John Walker that, that, that this series, I, I love the first episode. I, the second one I loved even more because now we're getting into the whole notion of, of what is captain America. Captain America is like, not so much a man, as a concept and a principle and, and what that character stands for. And Ray hit it exactly on the head that it's not about the super soldier serum. Because now we see that that's everywhere. We don't know how, right. but it's everywhere. And, and and yeah, I mean, what made Steve Rogers so magnificent was his heart. Like the doctor told him. So I, I think this series is really moving in the direction of setting us up to decide or to determine... This is Captain America. This is what Captain America stands for. Now, who of all these players is going to be deemed most worthy of taking that mantle? Because it's obviously not going to be John Walker, no matter what the government wants to make out of him. Because, yeah, he's a douche nozzle to steal from Ray Cash in a previous iteration of things we've done. Uh, and and that's that's what he's all about. So fascinating character, fascinating dynamics between... Uh, sam and bucky and john walker and uh his right hand man i forget his name uh but it's it's battle star yeah Battlestar. so it's really I, I mean i love what they're doing with this series because they are bringing in similar to wandavision bringing in various elements of you know stuff that we've read in the comics that now they're injecting into the storyline and probably going to take uh, put a whole new fresh
1: paint fresh coat of paint on it the thing that I find the most intriguing about John Walker is that there is a little bit of conflict between the public persona that he's put forward in front of others and where he is by himself. The, that moment in the locker room when he's talking to his wife before his buddy tags in, and you can still see that, yeah, he's got all these accolades and accomplishments, but right now it looks like he's trying so hard to be what he thinks Captain America should be even when there's a misstep like captain america wouldn't do an interview on good morning america high-fiving band members you know what i mean like in a marching band like captain america just wouldn't do that good morning america right oh uh it was it was so painful and yet you see it he's trying too hard and yeah his even his persona in action like when he's Jumping into that battle where Sam and Bucky are chasing down the semis and going after the flag smashers. and they he he's like, it looks like you guys could use some help. he he's very he's very cheesy
3: and then, yeah, he's,
1: yeah, and then he, he's he's fake, right? Like that's why he's an asshole because he's fake. and that that veneer cracks. When Sam and Bucky are like, no, we're not going to work with you. We're going to go our own separate way and try to figure this thing out. We're not going to work together. Stay out of my way then. But,
2: right. But he said, like, you're, you hit a hit on it, Pat. He says things and he does things that Steve Rogers would never say. Steve would never say, you guys were getting your ass kicked until we showed up. Did Steve Rogers' character, Captain America, ever say anything close to that the entire time we saw him? So you've got John Walker who has. Yeah, I mean like and you're right, in that locker room scene, there's almost a little bit of self doubt there. Can I do this? Can I fill these shoes? And then he goes one eighty and tries to act like an asswad to prove that yeah, I can fill these shoes because like you guys are saying this is he thinks this is what Captain America is all about. Ruling and 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 being exceptional in every possible way and rubbing people's faces in it. And that's not what Captain America is all about. But it is true to the John Walker in the comics. So.
1: so let's transition to the other big character development piece that was this episode, and that's Sam and Bucky. So we got the interaction with the two of them in front of the therapist that we saw in the trailers. We got more of that, not just the staring contest. And we got Bucky laying out what's really bothering him about Sam. And his disappointment in Sam, really, if if I were to if I were to label it. But I'm just I'm interested to hear your guys's thoughts because it's clear that they, they they're they're gonna have some shit they're gonna have to work through here to figure this out, and that Bucky resents Sam. Sam clearly is you know feeling the weight again of who should be or who is worthy of being captain America or taking on that mantle. And a little bit of what I see out of Sam is that Sam's got a little bit of imposter syndrome going on there. Like he doesn't feel like he should be the guy. And, and that's, that's where his decision and feeling like he has to defend it is then causing friction with him and Bucky Ray. What do you think? How do, where, where do you see this?
3: Well, uh, I want to take it from both characters from Sam's perspective you're absolutely right. it's imposter syndrome, but it's the opposite of John Walker because Sam may not be physically as i mean he don't get me wrong he has the wings and he's peak human shape, but like he's not John Walker you know like so all of the things that John Walker brings to the table as as a from a physical standpoint Sam may not have, but he has the heart he has the care he has the personality and I think Sam is thinking, well, I didn't have all that other stuff, and Steve did. I could never live in his shoes. I'm not worthy of this, when the entire reason he was worthy was because of who he is as a person, and Steve tried to tell him that. So that's a great point there. On the Bucky side, Bucky has had the two most poignant statements of this entire show on both episodes. The first episode where he said, I've been going from fight to from fight to fight to fight for 90 years. I've never had a break. I don't know how to do this. And in this episode, when he said that you gave up the shield, Steve gave you the shield. And if you gave up the shield, that maybe be mean that Steve was wrong about you. And if he was wrong about you, he was wrong about me. We have never delved into the, the trauma that must be in this man's mind. I'm not just talking about the Hydra years. He died. He essentially died. He fell hundreds of feet to what he thought was certain death. And he's never been able to deal with that. Steve had time once he came out the ice and after a couple of fights to kind of come to grips with who he was as a human being. He got a chance to live life. Right. In Winter Soldier, we see he got an apartment. That's the reason he met Falcon was because they were running buddies. But he's never got a chance to do all that. So it's really and I love that they use the guise of the psychiatrist and therapy to explore this man's mind and his psyche and his fragile psyche and the dynamic of the two characters. So it's only going to get so much more deeper in. And even the, the allusion to what Bucky says they have to do to figure out what's going on next at the end of the episode is more of his mental strength because the last time he met dude, we know what happened.
2: Dave. Well, I, I want to. I mean, are we gonna can Can we talk about Isaiah Bradley yet? Because it ties directly into what Ray's talking about.
1: Sure, we can go there. Because I had him as a topic on Zoom, but yeah, go ahead. I mean,
2: I'll try and blend this together. So, I I mean, I assume all of us here know the Isaiah Bradley story. I mean, it's not one of the more common ones out there. I don't know if you guys read
1: Truth, Red, White, and
2: Black. It's so a whole
1: eight. Sorry, I, yeah, I, I was like, I, I know I'm familiar. I know Ray is definitely familiar. Tony, I'm going to assume that you're not the comic reader that the two, the three of us are. And so a little bit of background on Isaiah Bradley might not hurt. Sure. So Isaiah Bradley, they had a
2: alternate kind of storyline involving Captain America, which it's, it's alternate, but it's parallel to what's going on with Steve in that when they were first developing the super soldier serum, They tested this out on black infantrymen of the United States military. 95% of them died from the serum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Out of the 5% that remained, most of them, if not all of them, were really fucked up, deformed, mentally unstable. Isaiah Bradley was the only one who kind of came, and I say kind of came out of that okay, similar to what Captain America was. And, and, And he... Later on develops, you know, he, it, it takes a toll on him mentally. Steve <laughs> never knew about his existence I, until the very end of that run of comics. Steve never knew about his existence. And here you've got Bucky saying, I never told Steve about him. So I'm wondering when, when he, when, when Bucky is expressing his disappointment in Sam, it's like, not only did you let Steve down, but you let Isaiah down. And, and Sam's like, doesn't even know who this guy is. But, you know, when he takes it, it's like, why does Bucky take Sam to Isaiah? Other than to say, there's a whole generation of black men who got fucked over by this stuff that's loose in the streets right now. Here's one of your, you know, here's somebody right here. You have a bigger obligation than you even understand, which I don't know if that's the message they are trying to send. But it seemed to me like he was trying to say, look, man, there's something bigger at play here. And I, you know, I thought that was an excellent part of the story. If they're bringing Isaiah Bradley into this whole thing, then it's going to get a much deeper into this thing because I think Ray touched on it there there are not racial overtones but there is the element of race involved here in the disparity in what's happened
1: to you know certain oh, I'll go, there there's definitely there's definitely racial overtones right. there's de- it's definitely about race like it's not even trying to hide it
3: right after they leave Isaiah Bradley's house and I really want to get into Isaiah Bradley after Tony talks the cops pull over Sam because he's black yeah. arguing yeah with 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 um Bucky, and, and then, then they, then they then have to whisper the white guy. in his ear. Oh shit, that's you can't. He's a good black guy because he's a superhero, right? Like, right. Like, but he the, can't get alone.
2: It is he can't get alone.
3: He can't get alone. He almost gets arrested in the middle of the street because he's arguing with a white dude, and they immediately come and say, "Sir, are you okay?" Talking to the guy with the metal arm. That's what they're trying to look out for, right? That the, the um, guy
1: they have to arrest in the first place. At the end of the day,
3: you know what I'm saying? Um, right. If you if you don't mind, Tony, because I, I want to give it to you, but I, Isaiah Bradley is such a huge character and probably is one of the most important people in Marvel lore. You spoke about it beautifully Dave, but I want to give a little more context. For those of you who don't know, and this is important in, in American history, is during the World Wars and and, the, and earlier times when Black people were still considered 2nd citizens, but were forced to fight for this country in wars. what they what they did with Isaiah Bradley and the other black people in the comics was directly derived from a real life the Tuskegee experiment where they would put syph- syphilis into black uh, into black soldiers and sterilize them, testing them for various things. And they did it because they could. And the story of Isaiah Bradley isn't just that they gave him superpowers. It's that they gave him and the other four people who survived out of the 95% who died. They all got the Super Soldier Serum that worked. They threw them into literally suicide squad missions, word to Task Force X. And the the reason that Isaiah Bradley is known as the Black Captain America is because there was supposed to be one, excuse me, one uh mission where he backed up Steve. Steve couldn't make it. He stole the the Captain America, uh, uniform went and did the unthinkable and won the mission or do whatever he had to do. But then he got captured, was saved by German, uh, um, resistance soldiers. And then when he got back home, was arrested for 30 years because he stole the damn costume. All he's done for them and for the country, but he got arrested and was in 30 years, and was experimented on while he was ar- while he was arrested. So the story of this man, and then thinking about Sam, who has to live with, who was given this by this legendary human being who never knew Isaiah, and then has to live with already the strain or the 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 ideology of, well, am I worthy? Should I have had it? Well, now I can't even make that decision no more. I love what it said at the beginning. Should I call America and tell him I changed my mind? Like, you know, things like that. And then now knowing that there's a legacy for this. You know, we talk a lot about um, representation on the show and in our personal lives and in general, because a lot of people don't think or feel like you can do something if you've never seen somebody that looks like you do it. My entire life, I never thought we could have a black president because it never happened. Now, well, cross it off the list, right? And as silly as that sounds, it's a real thing for children. And so Sam, who grew up not with a lot of money, because you saw the backstory in season one, episode one, went to the military to make something of his life and all the things that's happened. Had he known that there was precedence for this? You know, how many black people did he see in the military or as heroes doing what he tried to do? Not many. It was him and I and him. It was him and War Machine until they found a Black Panther. You know, so the Isaiah Bradley story is so beautiful. And then uh, I know it's I know I'm really jumping the gun here, but the biggest Easter egg was his grandson. Why are you
1: taking my thunder from me? Let others talk. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just just kidding. just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it's totally fine. Yeah, that was that's definitely we've talked about Young Avengers a lot. Like Eli Bradley is. The he's known as the uh the Patriot and becomes uh one of the founding members of the Young Avengers, along with Kate Bishop, who we know we're already getting. We know that I think that we're pretty certain that Stature is going to show up with Cassie Lang, so they're Kamala. they're building what's that?
3: Kamala Khan.
1: yeah, she's not one of the original Young Avengers, but no, she, sure. she, but um. But I think you're you're also you've also gotten Wiccan, and Teddy, uh, or not Teddy Ironheart. Uh, who was Ironheart?
3: Riri Williams. And I know I know I'm th- I'm talking more newer stuff, but I'm just talking about people we know in the MCU that are of right, that right. age that would be a part I, of the thing.
1: The one the ones that I'm so have they introduced Riri yet? Though has she shown up in a in an MCU show?
3: She has not, but her show comes out next year.
1: She's announced, but she hasn't appeared yet. Same thing with uh, Kamala uh, Kamala Khan Kamala Harris, oh Jesus, uh, Vice President slash uh, the <laughs> So uh, the only one that they haven't introduced yet is Teddy, the Scroll Hulkling character, uh, and he I, I would assume will come along eventually because he and Wiccan were a couple. So we'll um, we'll definitely I think see teddy come along maybe in captain marvel too who knows um we'll we'll have to wait and find out but yeah no i was totally waiting for you to bring up eli the the young the young man who answers the door and is kind of carrying a, a bit of that resentment as well that the character has in the comics. So it'll be interesting to see if that's just an Easter egg or if that's something that actually pans out down the road and other MCU stuff. His story, by the way, very interesting. Speaking of, um, characters that have problems because he grows addicted to a, uh, a, a, it's MGH or something like that is what it's called. It's like mutant growth hormone or something like that, but it gives you powers, uh, but at a, at a price. So, very, very interesting little bit. The other question I wanted to ask uh, it comes in regards to the Flag Smashers. Who sent the text? So you all remember the text I'm talking about? I do not. So when they escape, Falcon, uh, Bucky, uh, U.S. agent, and what's his name? They go to a safe house. And the woman who has been, who's kind of the de facto leader, Harley, receives yeah. text messages. And That's, the text is, the first text is, I know what you did, and you're going
3: to pay. It's, Ooh, it's,
1: it's more emphatic it's, than that. I'm going to kill you. <laughs>
3: so, it's, it's, the you it's the power broker. It's the
2: power broker. Who is the power broker?
3: We don't know who he is, but remember when they're they're loading up the uh Right,
2: right. the plane,
3: men are on the And way. they're like, the power... Yeah, well, it's because he's coming to get them Because uh, assumptions here, assumptions. All of the all of the flag smashers are the main eight or however many. So it is all stole the super serum because they all got super soldier ability. But well, stole it from the power broker. Either they stole it or they had a deal that they broke. Now he's after them.
2: Any speculation as to who the power broker could be? It's not Zemo because they're yeah. on their way to see him.
3: I I, I don't think it's somebody that's already existing.
2: Think it's a brand new character?
3: Yeah,
1: hmm. brand new character is new to the show and new to the MCU entirely, and not in a comic book or
3: no, just 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 new to the MCU um, because I mean, what they were like two or three in the comics, two or three power brokers in the comics, so it yeah. could be someone. I mean, the whole Flag Smasher thing it's was like... was a dude, and they gender they gender swapped it to make it Perfect. Carly, right? So they can play with these characters. So I'm sure it's somebody that exists. But well, we haven't seen them before. I don't think it's like Thunderbolt Ross or Obadiah Stan or nothing. I just think it's it's, a it's the place. Red
1: Hood. It's it's the Red Hood. That's what it is. Back from
3: former, um, right? So
4: uh, the Red I've heard two different things: Curtis Jackson.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, or Helmet Zemo. But Zemo's I mean, he, Zemo's already in prison, and they're going to see him. Oh, so.
1: Dave, Dave. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to just be a real nerd here for a second, Dave, and uh, and just recognize. Name a supervillain that's really under control when they're in prison. Name one. I can't name any. Exactly. You know better, sir. It could absolutely be Zemo. It could absolutely. Because you know that
4: and that whoever it Whoever it is is probably working with John Walker as well. Maybe. I don't know about that, but...
1: So here's the thing is, John Walker's a dick, but he's never truly... Like, he's just kind of inadequate for the role he's given he's not really a bad guy he's not but he believes
2: he believes in what he's doing he believes he is captain america he believes he's doing the virtuous thing he's never a bad guy he's just a shitty version of captain america except for
1: i mean i did like that he whipped out a pistol because that was always one of the things that's how you just like that's the other thing that was different like cap never used a pistol like that and,
3: and if, never, I could, go. if i could if i could really delve into it. Into like the madness because last week I told y'all two Easter eggs, all the Easter eggs, and two of them popped up in this episode. So point, cash. I could really delve deep into this in the history of the comics and even in the Netflix series. The the character Nuke, right? The character Nuke was a guy that had super soldier serum that caused him to go crazy, and we saw that in Jessica Jones with that dude, right? And there is a there of course there's super soldier serum, every, serum everywhere. How do we know John Walker really is this naturally gifted? What if he didn't take something to try to enhance himself, too?
1: Oh, he's absolutely under the enha- under the enhancement of something. Like, he's totally been hit with something. Like,
3: that's that's no so Why can't it be the same as the Flag Smasher?
1: By, by the way, congratulations on getting a couple of Easter eggs pointed out. Good for you. As I said in our chat, volume shooters hit every now and again. Shoot and shoot, bro. So, we next week we will already be at the midway point of this series. So, this one is moving right along, but I think that's where we're going to leave it for now. A lot of questions still yet to be answered and I can't wait to see them develop. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we are going to go delve into the DC universe, talk about a trailer that dropped and a couple of bits of casting news. So you're listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Hello, everyone.
0: Welcome to the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time. Welcome to WrestleMania.
4: Hey, folks. PC Tony here. Make sure you're checking out Mania Madness every Friday afternoon on the Chairshot.com. Christopher Platt and a rotating list of guests go through every WrestleMania one six pack at a time check it out every Friday only on the chairshot radio network
1: and we are back gentlemen I still don't have a DC comics DC universe music bit yet so uh, I'm sorry we're just gonna have to dive right into it
3: just play um, that uh that that one woman uh amazon theme song that pops up every time she shows up on screen that's because it's a dope
1: theme song like you can't you can't argue that that's not a dope theme song but we're not here to talk about wonder woman we're here to talk about the suicide squad because the red band trailer dropped this week on thursday and i don't know about you guys i watched it four times how many times did you watch the suicide trailer Tony? fail one fail fail dave Dave, how many times did you watch it? Twice. Double fail. Ray, really? Did we really just go one, two, three around the fucking table?
3: Legitimately, yes.
1: Listen,
4: I'm well, the only one who put the funny dick line in, the, in our post commentary, though. Come on now. Who
1: would put stuff. dicks all over the beach? I don't understand. Okay. So there's a lot happening in this trailer. The dicks all over the beach joke. I would eat a dick for freedom. I'd eat every dick for freedom. Not notwithstanding. By the way, John Cena, a treasure in that trailer. I thought he was a definite highlight and can absolutely see why he got his own spin-off show out of this because he was hilarious. Idris Elba, front and center, also awesome. And then I, I got to say, I'm going to get his name wrong because I'm not the DC guy, but Shark King Man, Shark. Shark Guy, Shark what? King Shark. King, king, shark shark shark. king Shark.
3: King see, Shark. King
1: Shark is a shark. King king Shark. That dude was fucking awesome. Land Shark it's, from Saturday Night Live. Land Shark.
4: It's kind of a shitty interpretation of it because what I see from it, they play him as stupid and, and very ignorant and slow. Whereas in a lot of the interpretations I've seen, it's not like that at all. It's a very vicious character. Now, whether or not something's happened to
1: the, the trailer, like that's all I need well,
4: I've seen many different episodes with him in in different comic book things, and
3: it's just I don't like the way that they're portraying him. <laughs> Unless that's well, what they did to his character. They they for the record, a lot of in recent times you have Harley Quinn to blame for that because the Harley Quinn series, Ron Funches plays uh, King Shark, and he is he is like a an aloof genius who is socially inept, and so I feel like a lot of that is played in this. By the way, you know who
1: the body double for King Shark is?
3: Yes, I do. Dave,
1: Tony, do you? No. Sylvester Please. Stallone. What? It is. And news broke right after the trailer drop that Stallone is the body uh the body actor for King Shark. Voice. No, he's not the voice. Somebody he's else. Not is the voice? voice? No, he's not. Uh, I'll pull up the article cuz uh, it's somebody else that's relatively known. But while I do that, Tony, why don't you react to the trailer since you only watched it once? We'll go in order of number of viewings. So, Tony one, Dave two, Ray three.
4: I I enjoyed it. I can't wait to watch the movie. Everybody looks to be cast in a pretty pretty decent uh, way
1: uh,
4: as far as um, the actors. I, like you said, John Cena looks phenomenal. Um, Idris Elba in there. I, I'm interested to see how well Pete Davidson does here in, in this DC universe. Right. But I, I think it'll be good. I, I You know, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind if, if DC did. I mean, it's going to really counteract what I just said about how I feel about the King Shark character. Just because I thought it was such a great villain for the Flash. But I wouldn't mind if they went more campy and kind of a little more outrageous and a little bit more off the beaten path with whichever way they're going to continue here. Because if you look at something like Doom Patrol, that's just odd and fun and Different, and I don't mind that, and maybe that's the lane they need to take. But it's a movie I'm going to be watching for sure. Can't wait for it. Um, looks Looks very exciting.
2: Yeah, Dave. It, it looks like a extremely fun movie. Uh, infinitely better than the first version that came out. There's no doubt about that. It's still. Uh, if there's any concern I have about it, it's still the uh, Harley centric focus. You know, that's the only thing I'm kind of concerned because whenever they shift the focus to her things kind of you, you, you lose the development of the other characters i'm not so worried about that with james gunn but you could tell she's still very central to this story but it looks like a lot of fun it looks infinitely better than the first one so i'm i'm definitely looking forward to seeing it
1: ray before you jump in i was wrong king shark is voiced by sylvester stallone physically portrayed by steve agee who also plays the warden of Bell Rap.
3: Okay. But so I know just, in the trailer when he says hand, it sounded a lot like Stallone.
1: Yeah, you were right. I was wrong. Stallone is not the one doing the the physical work. God, more points for right this week. Wow. Twi-
3: twice in right. one
1: episode? I am confident I- and competent enough in myself to admit when I'm not right.
3: Right. I appreciate that. I will remember this day. The day that we'll live sure? in. It because it'll me. be the one day it happens. The the Harley Quinn point is interesting to me because I mean you're you're right but I I think the it works well in the movie she's been thrust in because the movie she's been thrust first and foremost Margot Robbie is a gem and she plays the Harley Quinn character perfectly the only thing I don't like about the character is because I'm so used to that voice and she doesn't do it but that's okay ultimately because she says the words that she needs to say correctly, when she says Mr. J, she says it a certain way and stuff like that. But the beauty of this movie, and Suicide Suicide Squad as a medium, is that the whole point is everybody gonna die. Like, only a few continue to live and move on to the next, but the majority of people die. Ultimately, in that thought, the only ones that matter are Harley, uh, Flag, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, and uh, and uh, wanker as um, Jai cord uh, Boomerang. Everybody else probably gonna die. Eh. So we, Boomerang doesn't need many lines to know that he is an asshole. We don't need much of that. We know who Flag is. Clearly, three minutes of a trailer showed you who the hell Peacemaker is. You know, so like I, I feel where you're coming from, but. I I don't think it's as big a deal because we're going to get to know those other characters for about five, ten minutes, and they're going to die. And we're not going to care by the end of the movie because it's going to be great.
2: Well, I think James Gunn will balance it out much better than the first go-around where it was all about Harley or Birds of Prey, which was...
3: Uh, I disagree entirely.
1: Suicide Squad, the first one was not all about Harley. It was definitely all about Will Smith and
3: Deadshot. It was about Deadshot. It was more about Deadshot. It was
1: about Deadshot, man. I agree with
3: that. But but the Will Smith it's Will Smith movies are about Will Smith. It's just what it is. Right. I mean, Birds Harley. of Prey was Harley's movie for the record. Yeah, that was absolutely, just, Harley. absolutely
1: like so much so that they changed the name of the movie to Harley Quinn. Uh, I yeah I I think that to to go back to the original Suicide Squad, I would say that it's it was definitely Will Smith, and then I would say Harley was like one B because you had the whole Joker bit and. I I still don't like Jared Leto as Joker, uh, and no matter what his iteration is. Can somebody explain to me what Polka Dot Man's power is? Because I I don't know, I'm not a DC guy, so to
2: cut promos like Dusty Rhodes, no, that's not (laughs) it. No,
1: like, seriously,
4: what does he do? He has has the ability to wear something with stripes as well, and it doesn't clash.
1: That's also exciting. Does does nobody know? Like, I'm, I'm legit asking.
4: I'm looking. at it We up. just told you
1: two things. We just hey, does
4: anybody know we give you two things and you didn't like them?
1: Did you research these things? I just no. Did he grow up with, living through <laughs> hard times? Is he the son of a plumber to go okay. back? And
4: Maybe his family you, invented dipping Dots. Oh, shut up.
1: Okay, wear plaid, baby. <laughs> do you
3: really want the answer to
1: this? I do want to know. I want to. I want the answer. Yes.
3: Okay, so this is Wikipedia. Uh, powers and abilities for Polka Dot Man. When he created his costume, Abner Abner Krill possessed advanced technology in the form of the costume's polka dots, which were controlled through the costume's belt. When attached to his costume, they were inert, but once removed, they would enlarge in size and become various different devices which could aid in his crime sprees, most notably a flying saucer, which he used as a getaway vehicle. And then they explained what some of the colored dots mean. If you want me to tell you that, too, I can't. No, I don't,
1: I don't need to go that far, but that, yeah. that helps me. I I'm good. I was worried he was going to be like the spot in Marvel, you know, where he's covered yeah. in dots, he throws and he makes portals to be able to travel through and 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 move on from there. So, okay. I'm assuming this is a a day of release viewing for at least 3 out of the 4 of us would that be fair? Except for Tony cuz he doesn't want to pay for anything. So, well, you know, it's going to be 30
4: bucks for this one? This is crap. <laughs> Anybody it's, want to put me on Skype while you're watching it? Just point your laptop right at the screen.
2: <laughs> right.
4: Maybe I'll wait for DP to do it. Then I can watch it on 120 inch HD. It'll, yeah. it'll actually seem yeah. like I'm it's watching just, it by then. The know.
2: pandemic will probably be over and you can
1: go to DP's
2: and watch it on his in the Thunderdome.
1: Right. Yeah. Dave, I meant to ask you, um, cause you had asked us, did you, did you invest in Disney plus like the premier, the premium content the like premier thing by the time black widow comes out? I will. You will spend the $30 for Black Widow?
2: Yes, which I noticed you know, it's was funny. not on like, your rundown, which I'm not sure how we don't talk about relax,
1: that. All right. relax, relax, right. relax. I'm relaxed. Relax. I'm There's doing... some surprises in this week's rundown. I'm doing zen relax. right now. Zen. Oosa. Oosa. Get to your happy place. Get to your happy place.
2: I'm going to channel my Phil Jackson so. meditation tapes.
1: I know we talked about the Washington wizards this morning on chair shot radio, but like it's okay. It's and then okay. the fuck they go out and win? wear a blazer.
2: God damn. Then they go in one.
1: <laughs> yeah. The bulls took all their new talent and promptly lost, but let's move on. We've got, so we've got way too much news to to sit here and dwell on this. DC did make a couple of casting announcements. One was a, one was an older announcement that finally just sort of hit the mainstream news. And that's in regards to the upcoming flash movie. And this was this was a casting decision made not so much because of a dissatisfaction with the author, but more or um, the actor, but more of a scheduling conflict, based on everything that I've read. And that is that um, Henry Allen, Barry Allen's father, originally played in uh, Justice League by Billy Crudup, has been replaced by Ron Livingston. Now I think of ron livingston in the context of his character from the movie office space where he plays um he plays the main character and i'm gonna peter he plays peter in in office space but he's he, i've known him much more for his comedic acting roles that was you know three decades ago though he, he's he's put together quite the career since um thoughts on this what I, billy credit had such a small minor role in Justice League. It's kind of hard to see where they were going to go with the character other than he wanted his son to be, you know, he wanted his son to to kind of find a direction in life. So I don't know. Let's, uh, let's start with you, Dave. What do you, what do you think of this, this bit of casting news? What do you think of Ron Livingston as a father figure for Ezra Miller? I, okay, that's kind of my reaction to it. I, I don't, okay.
2: I just don't see him having a major role. I mean, even if you look at the, the either kind of the Justice League, he really didn't have a huge role in either one of those. I mean, it's it's Flash's Barry's motivation to show his dad that, you know, he's one of the great ones and that sort of thing. Okay, you know, that sort of thing is fine, but I I don't I don't know if the casting, I mean, I'd have no problem with the casting decision. I just don't know how impactful it's going to be
1: as far so, as that movie's concerned. Can I, can I ask I want to ask a quick question about this cuz based on what I understand Henry's in prison because he's been found guilty for killing right. Barry's he, mother. Barry's mom.
2: Yes. Yeah.
4: So, yeah. So, basically, Ian Barthon goes back in time and kills Barry's mother, but it's happened so fast that they can't they can't catch him. So then the father goes to jail for it, and then you have Flash the rest of his life. Barry Allen trying to. That's why he's into uh, CSI and everything else. And so that's that's the gist of that
2: and barry spends a lot of his time trying to prove his father's innocence which he's largely well, unsuccessful at
4: and and depending <clears throat> on what the what's the storyline for this movie because if that's the main part of it is barry allen trying to you know prove that his father's innocence then we could actually see ron Livingston having a big role in this movie i didn't particularly like who played uh Crudup played him before and yeah i he, he was fine but i mean i guess i was used to who, who originally played the Flash that played Barry Allen's father in, in CW? Um, the know. old Flash.
2: I remember.
1: You'd know better than I would. Gosh, I, can't remember. I can't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. From the, yeah, the original MS- CBS
4: series. Like, he was, yeah. he was the original. I'm so used to him, but I can see Ron Livingston being better. I mean, it, it depends. Like you said, how much of this is going to be in the storyline coming up.
2: I mean, if they're going Flashpoint on us. That, and that's suspected, that they're going to go Flashpoint because you got Ben Affleck's Batman and, and Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. So that certainly lends the credence to the Flashpoint theory. And that's centered all on Barry preventing his mother's murder. So maybe he's going to have a bigger role than we thought. Would you
4: love a secret like cameo by Jack Nicholson as well?
2: <laughs> yes. Sign me up.
3: Well, if we're going to stick to Flashpoint, if... We've already seen Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne's parents, and it's um, uh, Negan, and I can't remember my boy's name at the at the moment, and uh, Maggie from The Walking Dead. That's his parents, Lauren Cohan, and what's what's my, what's Negan's name? Jeffrey Dean. John, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Morgan. Yes, Morgan, not Stan. Technically, if we're going Flashpoint. Batman's supposed to be Jeffrey D. Morgan and the Joker is supposed to be Lauren Cohen. If that's where we're going.
2: Maybe Thomas Wayne is is Batman in Flashpoint, right? So it's Bruce's dad. Thomas <laughs>
3: Wayne. Thomas Wayne is Flashpoint and Tom and Martha Wayne is the Joker. I don't know if we're gonna get Flashpoint though. I think we're gonna get more into the
4: multiverse. I think that's where you're gonna see the the whole thing where you get in different Universes colliding together. I know that's all part of Flashpoint, but I don't think that. I think that's the
1: part of it you're going to get.
2: We might be discussing that a little bit later on with Patrick's rundown. So let,
1: let's right. table
2: that conversation. <laughs>
1: Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Yeah, that's a good point. By the way, I do love that the, that a piece of casting news can take us into speculation land, and I'm going to ask you to keep doing that with the other bit of spe- uh, news because we also got a casting announcement out of Shazam too. Shazam Fury of the Gods announced that Academy Award winning actress Dame Helen Mirren will play Hespera, a daughter of Atlas who is apparently one of the film's villains. Here's where this gets interesting, though it's a character that's new to DC lore, and there's no real indication of how she'll fit into the story. So, my question to you all does this make sense of this does does this make sense to completely introduce uh an unknown entity into a superhero movie who's who's directing this um david f sandberg the director of the original
4: okay so that and, and whoever's go ahead and write writing this in here they're gonna have to be a really good scrabble player because
3: when you get a blank tile it's only worth what you do with it. So, first and foremost, Dame Helen Mirren is one of the best actors in this earth. Oh, that's so, true. anything she does, I mean, watch her in Red, watch her in um the Fast and the Furious movies. She's fantastic when she has to be um, not only an antagonist, but physical. I don't mind new characters being added to these like, nobody knows Black Adam. Like, the backstory, most of us don't know that. You know, and no, I mean, I know we're bandwagoners. We're nerds here, so I mean, Dave, I'm sure he can tell you everything about Black Adam and and you know, Kanda Hack and all this stuff. I don't <laughs> like, know. I, when I watch Shazam, I know Shazam. I know that Shazam had a Shazam family that was new to me. So you know a lot of the stuff that we know. So I don't mind that. Like you can take liberties, I think, with like some of these tertiary properties. And it's the rock. It's gonna sell regardless. I am disappointed disappointed because the role for Dame Helen in the DC universe is already right there granny goodness
2: well i guess that's going to be table table that one too as well yep uh, but i think I, I mean i'm i'm okay with them trying to create something new i just don't quite understand the timing because this is going to come out after black adam comes out so the natural tie in for Shazam 2 should be a continuation of the black adam story that's the big bad in the Shazam universe. I don't I don't understand why we're not lining up those two at that
3: point in time. I can answer that for you. Go ahead, Ray. Because the Rock has gone on record ad nausea multiple times that they're not going with the villainous Black Adam. They're going with the more anti-hero Black Adam. So while so a time be, him is,
2: he wants to be stone cold is what you're
3: Well, something like that, but I mean there, there. <laughs> right, oh, all crazy. these years later, he wants to flip, but there is precedent because while we know Adam in many uh, iterations as a bad guy or a villain, he also is the hero of his people, and he is very much like Namor, or very much like um, in a, in a in a more twisted sense, T'Challa, the leader of a people who has to do positive and negative things for the good of his people. Doom is another guy that comes to my mind. So I imagine that you have to set him up as that and and get the idea of him being shades of gray before you can run him and Shazam together. Because when they run together, we're automatically going to think Black Adam is the bad guy, but he may not be the bad guy. They might just be fighting. He might be in the way or something. No, that makes you know
2: that makes sense. I, I'm wondering like the post credit scene in Shazam, uh not the one with Superman, but the one with the caterpillar looking thing, if that's gonna tie into any of this sort of stuff. Um
3: I forgot. That's what supposed to they... be that was supposed to be the villain for Shazam too, but yeah. I guess that ain't happening no more. I guess
2: not. What's that character's name? Mindworm or something like I don't remember what the hell it was.
3: I don't know. Ray's gonna get back Mr., and he's gonna Mr. Mr. Mind
2: it or <laughs> some crazy shit like that. I <laughs> I mean, See, I give him credit sure. for trying something different. Sure. I mean, if you can create a homegrown character through the comics, by
1: all means, knock yourself out. Well, let's look at one of the most popular characters in all of DC and uh, all of the DC sort of fandom. That was a character created out of the Batman, the animated series. And we've talked about her already. That's Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn wasn't in a comic book. Harley Quinn was a cartoon character developed in 1992. So, it's not unheard of and I think it all comes full circle to what Tony brought up at the very beginning in that what do you do with that blank tile? Right? Like what what do you create out of that character that makes them compelling and makes them something you want to watch? Thank you Ray Cash for pointing out the worm's name is Mr. Mind. So, Dave, I think you said that in one of your one of your questions or one of your your sort of forays out there. I did. I'll take. I'll knows, take the point. Sure,
2: I'll take the point.
1: Right. Like, who know? Who knows who the decision makers were that were like, you know, maybe a talking worm was a little too much, uh, which is weird because when you look at how successful Marvel was with the tree that says "I'm Groot," you would think that audiences are open to anything. At the end of the day, so maybe, who knows what goes on in. A, a powers that be sort of discussion round table, but Helen Mirren, you can't go wrong with Helen Mirren, right? Yeah, if you're right. going bl- to have a blank tile, right? I mean, who else would you want right? holding anybody, that tile? Anybody that can sink their teeth into a role like this to me, it's as, as, as inspired a casting as Cate Blanchett was for Thor Ragnarok as hell. Like, and, and that was a known character, But same sort of idea. It's just like, Jesus, if you want to pick out a a home run hitter, uh, a big bat to carry your your film as a villain, he couldn't do much worse than Helen Mirren.
3: And let's not forget, Rock and Helen Mirren have a very good working relationship because she is the mother to the Shaws. So, oh, yeah, totally. So they already know each other very well. I'm sure he just made a call and said, do you want to be a part of this?
1: So, absolutely. So, good news coming out of the DC universe. And here, And, and we're going to talk about this when we get to the, to the next side of the break, on the other side of the break. But maintaining momentum, I would say, on the film side of things for DC. Like, I think they've got good buzz. And I think they've got good momentum. And clearly, I'm in the minority when it comes to Zack Snyder's Justice League. And that's okay. The momentum is there. And I think DC's trying to capitalize it on a big way. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Before we go to the next commercial, I do have to do my duty and remind you all that if you love the content that we're putting out, if you love hearing us each and every day, and you want to keep us up and on the airwaves, head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shirt and invest in a ChairShot.com shirt. We have all kinds of great designs out there for you. Everything from hashtag journalism, hashtag safe tag team wrestling, to the OG chair shot logo, to the bandwagon nerds official t shirt, as well as the part as the other nerdy show we got on here, the entertainment show, A Winner Is You. Lots of great stuff out there. Variety, all shapes and sizes. And yeah, just worth the time. We love the support we get from each and every one of you. You can get it in the standard style for $19.99, or if you're feeling fancy, you can spend a few bucks more and get it soft style. Again, that is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And as Christopher Platt would say, please and thank you, thank you and please. When we come back, a big shakeup continues in the world of comics publishing, and then we're going to talk some Snyderverse, You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional
3: consideration
1: paid for by the following.
4: Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code ChairShot. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code ChairShot to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net.
1: back so i've got a couple of topics that i want to talk about before we get to the big one the first one is actually on your rundown i shared this earlier in the week but about a year ago we sat on these airwaves and we talked about one of the biggest shakeups that happened in the world of hard copy comic book publishing in dc breaking away from diamond publishing and finding a new outlet for their primary distribution and publishing needs. Well, this week I think the final nail in the coffin for Diamond Publishing, at least in regards to comic books, came down as the other biggie, Marvel, has now announced that its distribution is going to shift away from Diamond Publishing over to Random House or sorry, Penguin Random House. Dave, what else does Diamond even publish? Do we know?
2: I have no idea. <laughs> Doesn't matter. When you lose the two big, the big two in the span of a year, I don't think it really matters what else you're publishing. You're on borrowed time. But I mean, they were they were such a monopoly for so many years that this is this is what happens. You know, sooner or later, that stuff gets broken up, and that's what you're seeing right now.
1: Well, hey, what it what's really interesting to me is that this took away. You mentioned the monopoly. This was kind of the last middle finger that the comics industry and the big the big two really could give to Diamond Publishing. So for those of you who don't know, back in the 90s, early 90s, when all of this broke down, because in 92-ish or somewhere in there, that's when Diamond Publishing basically took Marvel and DC and grabbed them by the balls and said, publish through us. Because what they did is while DC and Marvel were struggling after the kind of the bubble burst in this big swell of comic publishing diamond quietly started buying up all the outlets that DC and Marvel could use to distribute their material and became the exclusive um, source for the brick and mortar comic book store. And when Marvel and DC had contracts run out and were looking to renew, the only place they could go was diamond publishing. And because the bubble had burst and both companies were in serious financial trouble. And I don't think, I think it would be an interesting show someday to just do a deep dive into how close we came to seeing the end of Marvel and DC comics, because it was close. Diamond was the one that was there and said, well, we'll distribute you and you'll, you'll come to our terms. That power dynamic has completely shifted. And I think we, we all know why, right? It's film, film and television, has has crushed what was once a powerful company, and and and
2: I, I think you got to factor in digital comics as well. That has not helped oh, their situation.
3: Yeah. That's how I buy all. That's how I buy my comics. Me I don't think I've ever bought a physical comic. And, and in I my mean,
2: life. and I mean, it's important to note. We've all talked about it. I have I have nothing against comic stores. I want them all to succeed madly. I, I love going into comic stores and looking around. It's rare that I'll buy a physical comic just because you know, you can get them in, 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 on Comixology or anything. Now, like, something like uh, what we talked about earlier, the Isaiah Bradley story, Truth, Red, White, and Black, you can't get that on Comixology. So something like that, you'd have to go to like Amazon, and you can't even get it on Amazon except used. You'd have to go to a comic store to try and find that sort of product. So,
3: but, but even then, it'd be a graphic novel because unless well, yeah. you want to get it issue by issue,
2: trade paperback right. yeah right exactly exactly i mean but that i think digital comics have had a major impact in a shift in the industry that while this move like you're talking about pat is probably the death knell for pet for uh diamond uh, these other two companies that are jumping into the fray it's like guys you got some problems to overcome as well because a lot of this is oh. being consumed digitally right now
1: Right, but I also think you look at, like, in Marvel in particular, Penguin slash Random House, like, that's a known publishing company. Like, they weren't, they're adding comics to their benefit, however small that niche may be, as opposed to Diamond, where that was their business. And I think that's the other big thing, is, like, Penguin slash Random House probably got a pretty good deal out of it, even though Marvel took their ball and went home. But they probably got something that was a bit more mutually beneficial. But Penguin slash Random House, I don't think they needed comics. I think what they see is, hey, this is a really hot commodity. Hey, look what Division did for comic sales for those characters. Maybe this is an opportunity for, for us as maybe there is a renewed interest. Like, to me, it's a low-risk gamble for Penguin slash Random House. Like, they... If it, if it pans out, great. If it doesn't, whatever. We cut our losses and we move on to publishing
3: textbooks again. I agree completely with what you said about the low risk because they, their money, unlike Diamond, isn't all put into comics. So if, if Marvel and DC don't have tremendous sales that are breaking the bank, they're still set financially because most, they have so much of their money tied in other products and other publishing rights. But I've mentioned this to you guys multiple times, and I'm really curious, especially now, with the start of Phase Four and with these new mediums with these lesser known characters like Wanda, Wanda and Vision and Speed and Wiccan and now Sam and Falcon and even Eli and uh, Elijah Bradley, or or not Elijah but Isaiah Bradley. Do we really think that the rise of the MCU and the d c e u now has really Ready a boom in comics and buying physical comics anymore again? Well, we talked about this. Were you were you at the show? Maybe it was one of the ones that
1: you missed. But there was a, an interesting headline that, and, I, and it was Wandavision in particular. It was the first that I'd heard of this, where the show generated so much interest in the characters and the stories behind them that Marvel actually had to reprint or actually went and put back to print a bunch of these stories cause they were selling out. Okay. And so that's why like, I think it's a relatively recent phenomenon. We talked about, it, it would be interesting to see what happened with the infinity saga books, like those three storylines to see if that really created a boost in sales for the most overrated comic story in history. Um, but the 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 Wandavision story, I think, was the first I'd really heard about it. So, I, I like I said, I think it's a low risk, high reward thing for Penguin, because if it works, great. Yeah,
3: agree, agree, totally.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think they, that
2: the you know now you got the stuff rolling out for Phase Four, like Ray saying you've got renewed interest in the DCEU. Uh, that should be a good engine for the comics industry. Maybe not the physical stuff yet, but. The industry in general should see somewhat of a resurgence, I would imagine.
3: And the beauty of it is that Superman's going to sell. Batman's going to sell. Wonder Woman's going to sell. Justice League. Avengers are going to sell. X-Men are going to sell. You're big. Spider-Man's going to sell. But now you're bringing damn near all of Phase 4 is about lesser known characters. Chang chi is coming up next, right? Black Widow as, uh, as an exponential character on her own who brings up Yelena Belova and the Red Guardian. These are popping up like so many of these lesser-known characters are getting the spotlight in Phase Four, which right. only behooves a company like Penguin Random House because if the, if what you said about one division really is truly happening, and I'm, I can only imagine it's gonna further with Sam and Bucky. It's okay. imagine what it's gonna do for these other for these other well, problems.
1: Yeah, and you make the point that I was going to make, and that is that I think that I think there's probably an argument that for the first three phases of Marvel, you were dealing with known commodities, right? For the most part. Whether it was Captain America, who's like Iron Man's probably the exception, actually, out of the whole group, Iron Man, I remember when it was announced that that was going to be the first big Marvel movie, and I was like, okay. Like, I guess, and they turned Iron Man into because he's he wasn't the character he is before the movies. Like if you go back and look at comic books, like he had great storylines. He was a member of the Avengers. He wasn't the heart and soul of the Avengers. He he no, was he was but he guy. was
3: he was the founder she turned him he into was Batman. Like, yeah, but he, he was, was but again he had a he had a cartoon. Like if you get a cartoon in those days you're uh, somewhat important. But let me ask you this question.
1: Did uh, outside of you, did people watch the cartoon that lasted less than a whole season that's like 13 no. episodes on Disney Plus? Thank you. So that tells you all you need to know about the viability of Iron Man. Like get, I, get, like get I, Patrick give Patrick a
2: point there. Give Patrick a point there.
1: Thank you. That's one for me. Anyway, but out of out of those core characters, yeah, people knew who Captain America was. People definitely knew who the Hulk was. Spider Man, when he came along, like Thor was another one. Like Thor was a, a tertiary character. Frankly, Marvel should be. Uh, Marvel is actually relatively impressive when you consider what they did make something out of with kind of their quote unquote side gigs. Considering the X Men, their real money maker was under the control of Fox, and Spider Man was under the thumb of Sony. So I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm full of shit because at the end of this, like. I don't know what kind of renewed interest was thrown into those those original characters, but they felt like more known commodities. Doctor Strange, who who knew anything about Doctor Strange? Guardian. Uh, Guardians Guardians of the well, Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Absolutely. Black Widow
2: Black Widow's got a whole movie coming out. No one knew shit about Black Widow before she shows right. up in Iron Man 2 or
3: 3. Scott Lang, not yes. not Hank Pym, yes. but Scott Lang that man.
1: Right. That's Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Okay. So I mentioned this when we went into the commercial break that there was a piece of news that dropped overnight that I wanted to share with you guys. And I just put this link in the chat that we all share. I'm sure that you all heard the beep noble listener as I dropped it in. But the name of the article is funny because I saw it. I was like, okay, it's called what the fuck comic-con. So comic-con international San Diego had announced that they're going to do a virtual convention over the summer. However, They've now made an announcement and they did this overnight that they're going to try and hold a small, I'm going to put that in air quotes, in-person con in November over Thanksgiving weekend. Now, this person is pissed about it. Um, So we're not going to like, I only share it because of the news bite, but instant reaction to an in-person San Diego Comic-Con in November on November 26th through the 28th, 2021, at the San Diego Convention Center.
4: Yeah. What it's going to do is make it more likely that local people attend and not people from all over everywhere, which is probably a good thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Have some patience. Everything's going to open a back up eventually. So you can't go in November in San Diego.
3: Cry me a fucking river. So does the PC today stand for positive criticism? Because that was very positive. I'm going the absolute other way.
2: Please go the other way, Ray. Please please go the absolute other way. (laughs) I think it's
3: dumb as hell. I I I understand the idea that vaccine is getting out by the by the end of the summer. The majority of people who believe or care to get the vaccine will have been vaccinated in some form or fashion. Where it seems like we're trying to get back to normal unless wave 5, 6, seven, eight, 9 of this damn virus keeps, you know, growing and changing. But Thanksgiving is such a shitty holiday to do anything. And it's just <laughs> a holiday. If you really cared about a multi-day holiday, Labor Day is right there. Labor Day weekend. We don't do nothing but barbecue.
2: Or, let us, or let's like weekend. not yeah, do I a guess. holiday <laughs> weekend. How about that? If you want to get real about it. Or that, I mean, I I agree with, I, I expect by November, by Thanksgiving, hopefully the pandemic's more under control, but even if it is, if you've gone two years without having San Diego Comic-Con and then you're going to open it up to people and hope it's going to be air quoting small <laughs> fucking San Diego Comic-Con on Thanksgiving weekend. There's not going to be anything (laughs) small about that. They're going to have a record number of turnout unless you're limiting, uh, deliberately limiting ticket sales to do crowd control. But if they don't do that, you're talking two years without San Diego Comic-Con, people are going to lose their goddamn minds. Whether it's, uh, even if, like Tony's saying, even if it's just local, just Californians, forget about it. There's going to be, this state is the most populous state in the union. (laughs) So people are going to go in mammoth numbers Uh, Because half of the state doesn't give a shit about coronavirus anymore anyway. So they're going to show up. You say, oh, this is open for business. Hey, babe, we don't need turkey, do we? No, let's go to Comic-Con. Fuck it. It's going to (laughs) be. Fuck that turkey. Yeah, fuck that (laughs) turkey. It's going to be interesting. There's the title for this episode, Patrick. Bandwagon nerds. Fuck that turkey. It's one of the least delicious birds in the world.
3: As opposed to. Well um, society it's delicious. just
2: start naming
4: birds.
3: The, I guarantee you they're more delicious than a fucking dry ass turkey. You may be right, but society has convinced us that it's delicious on the fourth Thursday of November.
2: I, I like turkey. I do too, Pat. Don't be embarrassed about it. It's all right.
1: I'm no better, i I feel like I've just been shamed in admitting that i I like turkey it's
4: better I like, it's, it's, it's better than, better than, than ro- any more much delicious bird
2: Look, it's better than roast cock. That's all I'll say. So let's go on.
1: Uh, Dave, nope. Dave, Dave's mind completely in the gutter today. Not biting on that one. Yeah. Ah, oh Unintended. Let's, let's get to my concern versus Ray's never going to happen. <laughs> it's been a week. I will say I've viewed, I have actually viewed Zack Snyder's justice league more than once. At this point, I've liked it less every time I've watched it, for many of the wor- for many of the reasons listed in uh, this week's nerd review. By the way, check out this week's nerd review, and you can catch myself and David Ungar's vastly different opinions of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I don't hate the movie. I think it's a good movie. I rated it higher than a 2.5, and anything over than a 2.5 out of five in my book is good because that is better than medium. The median. However, I I don't I don't love it. I'm in the minority. People are going nuts for this thing. People are raving about this thing. And as of three days ago, the hashtag of something along the lines of "unleash" or "release" the Snyderverse restore has hit restore the Snyderverse has hit over one million tweets. Now, in the land of Twitter, that's relatively trending, if I were to say so myself. Thought, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this in a couple of different ways. One, I want to get your thoughts on the likelihood of a Snyder verse hitting theaters, hitting the world in any way, shape, or form. I already see Ray's opinion. And I'll disagree. I'm going to disagree with Ray, and I'm going to tell him why. Um, after he, after we, after we have this. But well, my other question is, if a Snyderverse were to happen, speculate away on what that would be. Ray Cash, you put up the big fat goose egg. We'll start with this. We're not going to do the speculation part first. Your reasons as to why a Snyderverse will not happen.
3: The same, I'm, it's it's going to be hilarious because I'm going to say the same reason that you're going to say the re- for you're going that you're going to say for it happening money. Let me explain what I mean. Zack Snyder's Justice League movie, which was very largely if not solely because of fans, to your point about this, was it didn't hurt it didn't hurt the company, didn't hurt DC, didn't hurt HBO Max, it didn't hurt Warner Brothers. Because it was a standalone, almost thank you to fans, thrown on something just for extra content. For them to restore the Snyderverse means that they have to change, remove, and redo six or seven mediums already in works. There are movies already being filmed, already being developed, already being casted for, that would then need to be completely redone just to acquiesce some fans. Now. I want want to explain the difference of what I'm saying. Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, was acquiescing to fans. But the acquiescence did not affect anything other than the fans were happy. It didn't affect the bottom line. It didn't affect any casting. It didn't affect anything. Changing and restoring the Snyderverse and changing an entire plan for six, seven years down the line? Or let's be even more... Let's be more realistic. Two, three years down the line is going to fundamentally hurt the business of Warner Brothers. They don't let they don't they don't let their bottom line be changed or affected unless it's positive. So that's it's just never happening. Dave,
2: <sighs> as part of my job, people always ask me. One of the things they ask is, "What are?" Our probabilities of prevailing on this case. So I'm used to giving these percentages, and in my industry, we usually come out on the short end of things because it's slanted to the other side. But I would give this, the chances of the Snyderverse being restored are at best 20%. I'll be a little bit more liberal than Ray simply because there is, a, like you said, Pat, I mean, there's been a deafening <laughs> call to restore the Snyderverse. The problem with that is that when that deafening call is falling on ears that are already deaf, then you've got a problem <laughs> because they're not going to hear it anyway. And, and Ray's Ray's right. You've got the WB. He already has plans set up. They've come out and said the Snyder is not Canon, which is a problem when you're saying that the shitty version that everybody's rejecting is Canon. Okay. Now you've really created some issues. You've got significant bridges burned between Zack Snyder and WB. Yes. They re- They repaired some of that. But when Ray says they, they had nothing to lose by this, they had so much to gain by this. I mean, how many subscriptions did they possibly gain to HBO Max from people wanting to see this? How much goodwill did they repair with their fans by putting this out? Now, yes, those fans want to see this done, but it just it's there's too many obstacles to overcome. You're talking getting Henry Cavill back in for multiple films, possibly. You're talking about getting Ben Affleck in for multiple films, possibly. Ray Fisher's gone. Gal Godot, we don't know what her status is. How do you tie in you, Jason Momoa? How do you tie in the stuff they're doing with Shazam, with Black Adam, with Matt Reeves, Batman? You got all these things going on that, how do you reconcile all that? And, and that's-
1: and, hey, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Keep going, Dave.
2: No, I'm just saying, I, I mean, I, I have an idea how you could possibly do it, which is the speculation part. I don't know if you want me to go there yet, but- No, don't speculate yet. All right. That's that I just I I think there's too many obstacles for them to overcome to restore this thing um, the way that they want. And it gets confusing. What's canon? What's not? I mean, fucking it's like Star Wars now. And we know how you love Rise of Skywalker, Pat. So now you're going down that rabbit hole.
3: And and I want to back up Dave real quick on what he's saying. I'm reading this is an article from Collider. This is a list of all upcoming DC movies that are planned and either planned or in development right now. Just as of March 19th is when this was updated. The Suicide Squad, The Batman, The Flash, Aquaman 2, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Black Adam, Wonder Woman 3, The Trench, Untitled Superman Reboot, Batgirl, The New Gods, Black Hawk, an, an Untitled Jared Leto Joker movie, apparently. An untitled Joker slash Harley Quinn movie, apparently. Supergirl. Nightwing. Want me to keep going? Justice League Dark. Gotham City Sirens. A Man of Steel sequel that's still entitled. Deathstroke's getting a movie. Lobo is getting a movie. Yes. All of that has to be changed just to acquiesce. To- yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Well, it I doesn't- w- I'll say this
2: there before we get there we're going to talk about there are two of the movies that ray listed that could be entry points to restore the Snyderverse, and i'll leave it at that but two of them i could see them Here. if they wanted to here's where you can get it in
1: so here's why i think this is possible here's why i think you guys are thinking too hard on this you still make all those movies and still do as as Zack Snyder. By the way, Tony, did you did you want to contribute? Are you good? <laughs> on, are you good? To be the live studio audience for this conversation. He's I, like, I,
4: I have. I'll throw my thoughts in when you guys are all done. You're making a lot of points that I would have made, so I'm kind of I'm kind so, of going to be. I probably would lie somewhere in between where you're about to go and where they are.
1: So here, here's here's my thing. You're too, as my kid is screaming at Splatoon 2 in the background. Uh, I'm sorry. Splatoon? Splatoon. Oh, I thought I said that. uh, Did Did they make a sequel
2: to Platoon? Fuck, I missed that one. Anyway, go ahead, Pat. Yes,
1: I let my kid watch Platoon. Father (laughs) of the year material, baby. What What are you, Tony's grandparents? Right. We talked about this. We've talked about this with DC on multiple occasions. This hang up on this idea. That DC wants some singular, unified universe. Which they have not, they've, they've sort of tried, but have not ever really built. And within the last couple of years, they've said, fuck it. And just made whatever they want to make. A bunch of those movies that Ray just listed off have no connection to each other in any way, shape, or form. And so if the Snyderverse Justice League can exist in a vacuum, you can create Snyderverse films in a similar vacuum. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be cheap. But I'm going to say that it's possible. And I'm going to say that money can't talk. And if there's money there, they might try to find a way to repair those bridges. They might find a way to work with Henry Cavill's schedule. They might find a way to get Ben Huflack back under the couch. Sorry, that's a Saturday Night Live joke from The Mango. The Mango, there's an episode where Ben Affleck shows up and he calls Ben Affleck, Ben Huflack. It's very, very funny. You have to check it out. He he is, me guard. Guard. Like, oh um, and so I don't want you all to walk away from this thinking that Patrick O'Dowd said, yes, this is a thing that is going to happen. I would say that if this and, and if you'll recall, for four years, D.C. said no. D.C. said Josh, we- Josh Whedon's version is it. Josh Whedon's version is what we're going to run with and that we will never speak of this again. Now, will it happen? Uh, maybe. But I think that you can't deny that clamoring. And because Warner Brothers buckled like a belt the first time, if I, I wouldn't be surprised if at the very least they didn't explore it. I wouldn't be surprised at the very least if they didn't send out feelers to see if they could tell that dark future timeline that you see and maybe let Zack Snyder make a trilogy. Maybe he just makes his trilogy of Justice League movies. Justice League movies.
2: I mean, I'll play devil's advocate here a little bit with with me and you, Ray. Pat raises a good point that it, it, let's let's say that, like you said, there is no continuity to the DCEU, right? But let's say that they decide to create a side continuity involving Zach's films. And really, at that point, they might be playing with house money because if they're successful on the other side, which is the we'll call it a continuity loosely connected continuity stemming off of Joss Whedon's Justice League. And then decide, you know what? We're going to let Zach run. This shit over here is not canon. It doesn't affect anything we're doing because if it tanks, then we can just plausible deniability. It's not ours. It's his. You guys wanted it. It sucks. Uh, But if it's good and it makes money and it's no risk, they're saying, well, it's really not continuity. It's a separate universe. I mean, they could say it's a multiverse you know and they say well we got this universe over here we got this universe over here it's it's possible i still don't i still think there are too many obstacles to overcome but i mean pat raises a point that and it and it ties into what we've been saying right money talks if they think that there's money involved here they could say all right zach i tell you what we're going to let you roll with this thing we're not going to interfere with our other projects. If you, But it's all on you. You get Henry signed on. You get fucking Ben in here. You get all these other people in here. Sure, we'll back you. It's possible. Unlikely, but possible.
3: Let, let me give my last retort, and then I really want Tony to jump in because we've kind of not allowed him to speak the majority of this conversation. Seen, not heard. Seen, not heard. <laughs> trust trust it's, it's me.
1: This is a radio show. Not even seen.
3: They <laughs> just go ahead. <laughs> so, I I I think there's zero chance, but anything is possible. Yes, I they you can literally you can do anything in 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 the world of um you can do any in the world of entertainment. So yes, I I completely admit that, and I never not admitted that. But it's just I just don't I think it's there's possibility and it's plausibility. It's zero percent plausible. But let me go into a little more depth of why I believe so, because you keep guys keep saying something that is, in my opinion, just flat out wrong. You keep saying that all these DC movies that I named have no connective tissue. You're wrong. We don't see it though.
1: There's been no previous connective... There's been no real previous connective tissue in previous DC movies. Wonder Woman as a film exists outside of the out of the Justice League. Like it does. No, it doesn't. Pock, uh, yeah, it does. It absolutely does. Other than the characters the same, where does it connect? Really? O- outside of the characters... Wonder Woman
3: 1? Or Wonder Woman 2? Yes. Both of them, actually. Okay, they're both, I'll tell you. They're both prequels to the Justice League. They're prequels. Watch the Wonder Woman movie. All you remember is the part of her in, one, in World War I, or whatever World War that was. But the beginning and the end shows her in present time, reminiscing. The whole thing is reminiscence of what happened well, at that time. The
2: picture from Wonder Woman shows up in BVS. That's what Bruce finds. So there is there
3: is that connective thread. Thank you. But... For, to, for the future, we Marvel has kind of skewed our understanding of what connective tissue is now, because they have done it so stringently and perfectly in a way that is easy for us to digest. I know every movie matters because literally the post-credit scene for this movie leads into the next one, and so on and so forth. And all these movies mention the same people and the same items, and then we get. The big ending at the end of every phase. Cool. What DC has decided to do is to have a multiverse of things. So they all ultimately matter. Just it's multiple things happening on multiple worlds at the same time. But it's all connected in certain ways. Flash is normally the connective tissue of these movies. Okay? So, just think about that. and You you can disagree with that. I respect that. But that is what they've shown. Proof positive. When they did Crisis on Infinite Earths, Flash went to multiple of every single other medium that DC has done, Flash went to. Secondly, you guys keep saying follow the money, right? Well, all of the movies, Henry, um not Henry Cavill, Zack Snyder did for DC before this, in this DCEU, undersold. Batman versus Superman was a flop. Yeah, because it's a terrible movie. Okay, that's fine. That was all Zack Snyder. Oh, I agree. Zack Snyder's a terrible director. So what I'm saying is, (laughs) you guys' guys summation of, well, this movie did this, so maybe they'll let Zack Snyder do this in his own world, ain't gonna happen, not Tony, ain't gonna happen if they've already shown he ain't proven to be a guy who can draw this money for this company. And the reason I keep saying the Snyderverse isn't gonna happen is because the Snyderverse is It's Marvel's universe that it is, it is linearly connected. DC doesn't want to do linear connections anymore. This conversation
4: and this topic is a microcosm of the world we live in and the people who go on social media and lose their mind over everything. I'm here for all of it. All right. Do I necessarily want to see Zack Snyder's four-hour cut? eight more times so that we can finish the Zack Snyder universe? Probably not. I don't. I thought you did a good job with what they gave us. I would personally, and I've said it multiple times, I'd rather see the Arrowverse that they portray on CW. It's an amazing story. And that's what DC's best thing has going on. And I'd like to go I'm going more of the direction of the Doom Patrol, the, the weird, the quirky, the wacky. But if they're going to do it, I'm going to watch it. That's what I'm going to do, Patrick. I'm here for all of it.
1: Right. By the way, Except what for two of nights of
4: WrestleMania. Fun. Fuck that shit. It's one right. night it before show. What
1: kind of a fucked up world do we live in where a movie that makes eight hundred and seventy two million dollars is a failure? That that is that is a, a whole other thing. Because it didn't lose like Batman versus Superman didn't lose shit for Warner Brothers. It just didn't make them Marvel the yeah. cinematic universe money. So let's let's put that into perspective a this little a bit. It'll make, story, it'll make a story, but money. anyway. Well, why did you say that name? I don't know that it's going to happen. I do know that fan pressure can have an effect. It clearly did with the Snyderverse. I didn't even like the movies, like, and that's the other thing. Like, I, I basically gave Zack Snyder's Justice League an okay, but you two sat on this show last week, and Dave, in a nerd review, raved about how great this movie was because it is so so then why wouldn't Bart warner brothers explore it why wouldn't warner brothers make it happen and because we're four hours because we're four years removed well but we just got it back so now we're not four years removed. If, they but, the, if they were if they
2: were the, the wwe they would retcon all this shit but you can't do that that's anyway. the problem
1: Sure you
4: can. Yeah, and anyway, fuck you, Peacock. That's some horse shit you're pulling, by the way. Fuck, I'm so pissed oh, off
1: about Peacock. Oh, anyway, this is not this is not that show. All right, well before before Ray raises another finger and starts to fight with me again, and another and, thing, and, and we're just going to do this. What are you jellyfishing? fishing? What am I supposed to do
4: all day while you're at school? Can I use your bathroom? <laughs> Who's <Where's> your friend? <laughs> What does claustrophobic mean?
1: (laughs) You know what the problem is? So my last, my question today is actually going to be a last topic for us all to cover. And it's based on something that Dave brought up, that Disney finally gave Ray what he wanted. He will finally get Black Widow on July 9th as a premiere option on Disney plus, or you can go see it in the theaters. Anybody got the rock in his finally. However, there was another news item that came out this week. And this is really what it's, I guess it's less of a question and just get a reaction to, I shared this in our bandwagon nerds chat. Ray gave it a big thumbs down. It was announced that for 2022, HBO max and regal cinemas have reached a a deal to where newly released Warner Brothers movies will no longer be dropped on HBO Max starting next year they will go directly to theaters and theaters only my question cuz i think it's a mistake so if you don't think it's a mistake go ahead and disagree, disagree with it how big of a mistake is this for HBO Max PC Tony you go first you've been you've been the most quiet today
4: i don't it depends it depends on what everybody else is going to do and that's about that's about as hard down of a statement that they could make, right? Because everything's fluid. Everything is fluid right now. No one knows when this is all gonna go back to normal. No one knows how like what it's gonna mean when it is, what's the new normal going to be? They don't know how the rest of the studios are going to interact, right? So I just think the whole wait and see what happens is, is kind of the best approach for me. If if this is what actually ends up happening, yeah, they're gonna take some hit on on the HBO Max side, but then you'll just highlight more content that that is a new movie releases there where it's been, and that's life going back to how it was. But I don't think we're going to see that. I think it's a very fluid situation.
1: Dave, oh, I,
2: I mean, I don't see it being the be all end all. I, I think it's a it's a effective compromise between the two companies. I mean, that's what big companies do; they just reach a compromise on something. It's uh, we'll have to see what the world looks like in 2022. Whether theaters are are operating at full capacity how many of them are left standing after this disastrous year that we've gone through as as far as a 45 day window, it's in the theaters for 45 days. And then HBO streaming, that's still what a good 60, 90 days better than we used to get. So, I mean, it's, it's okay. I'm I'm not, I'm not complaining about it. It's like, if it's safe to go back to, I know like the movies theaters here in my city are, are opening this week. So my wife's already saying, "Are we gonna go watch Godzilla versus Kong in the theaters?" I'm like, "I don't think so," but you can knock yourself out if you want. It just it just depends on how how things look, how the world looks. If things are relatively back to normal, I, I think I think both parties probably come out okay on this thing.
3: I'm I'm going to express my point by using a bit of an analogy. Tony brought up the WWE Network and the moved to Peacock. One of the biggest mistakes WWE Network did was pricing. Because at the time they created it, the majority of us would have paid $20, $30 a month for that network at the beginning. They set it for $9.99. And then further down the line, not only did they set it for $9.99, but they made first month free, right? Well, I'm sorry. First, first they made that, um, you don't have to sign up for any amount of time you can, then it was first month free. So essentially you could get a month of the network for free. Right. And so now you can't now go back and say, you know what? We're raising the price. So what I'm saying, what well, I, I, my analogy is this. You can't go backwards. And what HBO Max has done to me is they've gone backwards because they have gone, they've doubled down so seriously to the point where now we get major movies live to tape, live to air. They comes out at the comfort of our home for 30 days, and then it's gone. And now, all of a sudden, you've let us get comfortable with that for a year plus. And now you're going to go back on that and say, no, that's done. Got to go back out there to the theaters. You're alienating some of your fan base. And while a lot of the alienation is very selfish, it's still alienation. And with all the things that my compatriots said that we don't know what the world's going to look like, we don't even know if um, it's going to be okay for theaters to be as full as they are we don't even know what the theater industry is going to look like in 2022 are people going to want to go are they going to enjoy the 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 entire uh ambiance and situation of going to a theater as opposed to being at the comfort of their homes so i just think it's a really bad idea to make this concrete of a decision as early as march
2: kind of like setting san diego comic-con in november right ray
1: Let's go oh. all in baby. Oh hey, god. Fuck Here we that go. That turkey. It's... All right. So as you guys tried to double down on fuck that turkey as the title of this week's episode. Cornish game hens for the I, win. I actually I I agree with Dave and, and Tony in the sense that what I what I think HBO Max did and what they saw was Paramount plus Warner Brothers is actually really who we should be talking about here. Warner Brothers saw what Paramount's doing was like, look, people are okay with this out of Paramount as a selling point. We can walk back on this. Will they lose customers? Probably will they lose enough to make it hurt? truly hurt? Probably not. And so at the end of the day, if you really want to go see the movie, you'll go see the movie in the theater. If you don't, you'll wait for the, you'll wait that 45 days. What pains me to admit on these airways is we have to recognize that Christopher Platt was a little right when he was speaking against Don't why, um, Dude, and- don't even start that kind of shit. You have
4: to deal with that like four or five times a week, bro. Don't even. What?
1: Why would you do that? Because uh, we know he doesn't listen to this show anyway, so it's not like it's going to batter. Like He's not going to call up and be like, I told you, gentlemen, I was correct. I pontificated on right this now. for 30 minutes to you all, and you all didn't listen to me. You melon Farmers thought I was crazy when I was talking you? about content Creators. You melon Farmers thought I was nuts. You all thought I was talking out my ass.
4: I just got a text message from him. Are you guys
3: talking about me? <laughs> yep, his ears got hot.
1: That was that was about as good as I could do a, 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 as far as a Christopher Platt, by the way. I'm sorry. It was, wasn't very good, but... I just said melon farmer a lot and y'all and figured that was enough. Take, so it
2: takes more than that, Pat. I'm just saying,
1: no, it doesn't really just say melon <laughs> farmer a lot and say, y'all, and you've got Christopher Platt. I don't, I don't have to have the smooth pipes, but I, I know the cadence. Anyway, I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was worth checking out before we go and do our once arounds and wrap up the show. I did want to bring us full circle to the nineties project with which wrapped up last week. I got to tell you guys this whole week. I spent being like, "Damn it! There's another comedy. I wish I would have thought of. Oh, I can't believe I forget that one." Case in point: Swingers. Forgot Swingers. Love Swingers. One of my favorites. Watched it all the time. I don't care that it wasn't one of your favorites. It was one of my it favorites. It is one of my favorites. There, there were, um, there was another good example of a comedy. There's just like comedies that just kept popping up here and there. That was like, "Oh, I kind of wish I'd done that." But we, throughout the 90s project, had been putting out a poll asking all of our listeners to pick winners out of our top choices. And that final playlist created, and Dave, at the end of the day, I made the executive decision to declare comedies a tie based on the data that we had in front of us and the fact that if you look it up on a browser on your laptop, you get a tie. It's and controversial. If you look it Twitter, it's weird. It is very but controversial. It's strange. It gives you – yeah, noble listeners, it gives you eight movies that we can that you all took out of our best of the best and declared your best of the best from the 90s project. And those movies were The Matrix, Forrest Gump, Home Alone, White Men Can't Jump, The Fugitive, Scream, American Pie, and The Big Lebowski. So there you have it. The best of the best. We'll put it out there on the bandwagon nerds Twitter feed when the show drops just so that you all can give a look-see. Thank you, everyone, for voting. And the comedy's voting numbers through the roof for us, which was terrific and tells me what you all listen to and what you all watch out there. So thank you very much for voting, and please keep following us. We're actually, I think, doing a lot better just with using that account and putting stuff out there for you all to see and read and get thoughts on. So please keep it up. Keep giving a listen. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Before we go quick once around to the panel to tell everybody where to follow and where else you can listen to them this week we're going to start with the reverend ray cash
3: there is one movie we missed in the best of the 90s series and that is best overall movie burn gully uh (laughs) that is funny that it didn't make the list how about that weird you know it's collusion Just can't keep a good brother down, bro. Shout out to Far and Gully. Uh, I'm at It's Ray Cash. R-E-Y as in Mysterio. C-A-S-H as in dollars. You can find me on the chair down dinner every night. So, uh, yeah. Listen to some stuff. Buy some shirts.
1: Mr. David Ongar. Well, I mean, all I'll say about the
2: 90s project is that's a uh, hell of a watch list. Actually, I mean, you could have a really good time watching those eight movies. Just anybody out there wanting to lo- know what the 90s are all about, watch those eight. It'll be a good time, but you can follow me on Twitter at attitudeag that is at attitude AGG and on facebook.com/ attitude of aggression
1: live
4: studio audience PC Tunny Yeah, you can find me at PC Tunny thank you to everybody for continuing to listen to everything on the Cheershot radio network. We're trying to do our best and uh, keep keeping up with cheershot radio. We're having a good time with it Many a madness?
1: And media madness. Yep. We just uh, dropped our la- latest episode this past Friday. We're into the 20s now, getting to some of those big time shows, good stuff. You can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can catch me every Sunday morning with David Ungar on the Chair Shot Radio. You can catch us every Monday, the four of us here with Bandwagon Nerds. And you can catch me every Wednesday on the Babyface Heel Podcast with Craig DeMarco and Miranda Morales. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Now get out of the basement, get some sun, and enjoy your streaming services while you can with those instant movies, because apparently they're going away. And don't fuck that turkey. This has been Bandwagon Nerds on the Chair shot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com.
3: Everywhere around the world. Coming to America Every time that flag's unfurled They come to America Got a dream to take them there
4: Wonder woman. What do you think, man? you think she'd ever
1: go for a younger guy? She's 5,000 years old, Barry. Every guy's a younger guy. Why'd you give up
0: that shield? Why are you making such a big deal out of something that has nothing to do with you? Steve believed in you. He trusted you. He gave you that shield for a reason. That shield... That is, that is everything he stood for. That is his legacy. He gave you that shield and you threw it away like it was nothing.
3: So sure. maybe he was wrong about you. And if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me.